Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is episode 11 of the Nobby Design Podcast. And in this episode, I sit down with my good friend, John Joe, who's actually a local church pastor out in Fresno, California. In this episode, we talk about Asian American identity, but I really feel like we hit on this from an angle that most people aren't really engaging with. Uh, we're talking about what is it that makes not only the Asian American experience extremely unique, but what is the gift that we actually bring to the table? And even talking about the discussion of what does the table look like right here, right now in 2020? I personally really enjoyed uh, recording this episode. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Check it out. All right. What's going on, you guys? This is another episode of the Nobby Design Podcast, and this is Andy Un. And uh, today, uh, I'm actually uniquely excited to uh, get on this podcast. Uh, today, I have my good friend, John Joe, uh, who I actually met about a year ago during my ordination examination. Uh, where I got officially ordained as a reverend um, back in uh, 2019. And, uh, and so initially just connected with John. Uh, we both happened to be yellow faces uh, at, at the ordination. Uh, but come to find out within a matter of 30 seconds, we had tons of mutual friends mm -hmm. and actually a lot of mutual experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, so just kind of sparked a friendship with John. And uh, we've kept in touch ever since. And um, John's actually visiting Atlanta now uh, by way of Fresno, California. And uh, I, I'll just say this real quick, and then I'm going to let you just share, John, just a bit about yourself. But I'm uniquely excited about this podcast because, and I hope this is not narcissistic for me to say this, but John is another male INFP. And last night we were just shooting the breeze for hours. And for me, I would say just had some of the most rich conversation. Mm. It was, it was rich. Mm. It was, it was heartfelt. It was, uh, intellectually stimulating. And, uh, I was just like, man, this guy's kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it was fun. It, it, it really felt like I was talking to, um, a mirror, but, 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 it, but I was also engaging uh, with someone that had a very unique perspective on on a lot of the things that I was interested in. Mm. So anyways, John, uh, dude, go ahead and share a bit about yourself, brother. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me here. Um, yeah, first ever podcast. So I mean, I'm excited to share. Um, nice. But yeah, uh, it's been really fun spending a couple of days with with Andy and his wife and his kids and his home. And um yeah, uh, I just a little bit myself. Um, I'm a, I am an INFP, INFP, uh, I'm an Enneagram Type One, and uh, I'm a third culture kid, TCK. Mm. Um, so, uh, born in Korea, but at age one moved to uh, Buenos Aires. Uh, so I grew up in South America until age of ten, and uh, youngest of three. I have two older sisters, um, and um, our whole family. We moved again to to new york when wow. i was around 10. wow and so i did the whole like, kind of double migration thing so from an early age i was very aware of like differences differences mm. and my racial identity wow. racial crisis like identity crisis wow um being othered those kind of things and even in my own family i always felt kind of different Wow. Um, and so that was a lot of kind of in my formative ages yeah. uh, to wrestle a lot, of, a lot of those things of belonging and purpose and um, like, who am I as a, am I a Korean American mm. or am I, uh, am I Argentinian? Mm. You know, wow. All those kind of things. And even relearning language and relearning how to communicate has been a big part of my formation throughout. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe I think all of those experiences have shaped who I am, mm. uh, the way I, I view the world um, from like an outsider, wow. or maybe being in, in the margins <laughs> from the outside in. Wow. Um, and even now, as, as I'm a pastor, I pastor a church, uh, an EM church in Fresno. Mm. I think it, it, Fresno is kind of like this like backwaters armpit of, of, of California, right? <laughs> I mean, 
people in LA think Fresno's like out of state, right? <laughs> when mm. I when I tell them I come back to LA, they're like, oh, welcome back to California. You know? <laughs> so uh, it's an interesting place to be in Fresno, and but but I I, I like that it's it's different, it's quirky, and wow. I think kind of fits fits kind of my journey too. So wow, um, just a little bit about my, myself. Interesting. Yeah. No, John, I think I think you you hit something that I feel was interesting. You said you recognize this otherness mm-hmm. pretty early on in your childhood. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like you were alluding to the way that that's almost um, uh, nurtured your psychological development. Mm-hmm. Here's a kind of interesting question. What was maybe one of the first times or experiences that you experienced that otherness? Sure, that's a good question. Mm. I think, uh, I mean, I th- with a lot of immigrant children i think food culture right wow it's it's so um intimate wow and so part of you right wow um and especially in, when i grew up in argentina i went to like a private school i was probably one of two asian kids at school wow and so bringing lunch was always like kind of frightening experience right wow. bringing kimchi or rice when my friends would be eating empanadas or wow um, bringing like meat and so um yeah, yeah. So I, I immediately knew I, I my food was different from my friends. You know, <laughs> it, smelled it smelled different. yeah, it smelled different, <laughs> right? And then people were like eye me or wonder what it is. Um, and so, and, and and not only that, but like just like yeah, like parents were mm. super involved at, with at school with their kids. My parents yeah. were always working. Wow. And so I would always have to get rides from my my my, par- my friends' parents. Wow. So I knew family life food culture um was was very different wow yeah. yeah wow well this is interesting i'm I'm gonna totally pull an infp move right now <laughs> and uh and get a little spontaneous but you know it's funny originally and i think we'll hit on bits and pieces of this sure. i think originally i wanted to take this podcast in the direction of kind of pure self-awareness mm. but i almost feel like we may hit on Asian American identity. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And because uh, I know this is something that you and I were talking about yeah. earlier today. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually think this is worth talking about. I think this yeah. is a, a, a worthwhile discussion of even, um, I'll, I, let me kind of frame the, the discussion like this. It's almost like, you know, Asian Americans have a longstanding history, even just in the United States, mm, right? Some right. would say, uh, we even some would say even close to 200 years, right? Uh, if you think about Chinese and other things like that. But I would say the Asian American experience as it pertains to the States is really unique. But I also feel like it's a story that is just recently being told mm. on more of a national level, mm. right? And I, I kind of want to steer this conversation because I think there's tons of great content out there already that exists around Asian American identity and, you know, the struggles of all of that. But I guess the unique kind of spin that I'd like to maybe even go into today would be as it pertains to spirituality mm. and even its yeah. place in the larger church. Yeah, that's good. So I guess I'll just to kind of like <laughs> kickstart the conversation. I mean, John, just like on this topic, what are just immediate things that kind of yeah. come to mind? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a, such an important topic, and that's something that I've, I've been thinking about even more since seminary. Wow. So I went to Fuller in Pasadena, um, and a lot of the stuff that I learned and my formation and process, even my past, has mm. come has been shaped through seminary. Wow! Um, and uh, just shout out to Professor Daniel Lee. He started an Asian American Center at Fuller. Wow. Um, he started unpacking what it means to have an Asian American identity. Wow. Um, and even among Asian Americans, like, it's not just East Asians. It's not just Korean, Japanese, Chinese, but there's, yeah. like, Southeast Asians, even, you know, Indians, Indians yep. those even marginalized people yeah. that are all grouped up in this Asian American identity. Wow. Um, that, which is kind of a political um, category. Wow. But I would say this, uh, kind of uh, piggybacking on what I shared about being third culture, mm. um, I mean, third culture means that I'm not part of the main, the dominant culture where I live. Mm. I'm not, I'm not 100% my parents' culture, but I'm in, in this in between, right? Wow. wow. And there's this term that, that I learned in seminary called liminality. Interesting. Yeah, liminality means that you're in the, you're in this in between, mm. right? 
And so uh, you're not in the center. Mm. You're, not, you're not in this outside either, but you're kind of in this in-between. Mm. So you're able to go back and forth. So for mm. example, if you're bilingual, you can do code switching, yes. right? From speaking Korean to speaking English. Wow. Um, but with spirituality, um, you know, Jesus was a liminal person. Wow! Right? Wow! Because he right. he didn't go to the he didn't go to Jerusalem. He went to Galilee. Wow! So he was always in this in between space. He was Galilean, mm. right? What good could come out of like uh, Nazareth? Yeah. People were asking that question. Yeah. And I think that perspective from the outside looking in allowed him to do what he what he did. Right. Interesting. Critique the culture. Wow. Um, because and, he wasn't a part of the dominant exactly culture. Exactly. He gave him he gave him a perspective. Wow. Into that. Wow, and so I think as a, as a Korean American, we were uniquely positioned to um, kind of have a, a different perspective on, wow. on on the American culture, American dream. Wow, and we we can have like the best of both worlds in in, in a sense. Wow, um, and spiritually speaking too, um, they always say like third culture kids. So if you're even like a one point fiver, mm. like if you came to the states from Korea when you're like you know in your teen years, mm. um, in your formative ages yeah um you have this in-betweenness right mm. this this hybrid where um like they call it like i think some people call it like cultural agility okay right yeah we can navigate between cultures easily yes and so you're easily adaptable yes right you're not afraid to um just just go out of your comfort zone yeah um, whether it's missions or in the workplace relationally wow and so uh but but the the, the shadow side of that too is yes um, you could always feel like you're culturally homeless. You feel displaced. Displaced, That's exactly. Right. Wow. Or uh, TCKs are notorious for being global nomads. Wow. They're always traveling because wow. they're, they're always trying to find a place of belonging. Wow. Where they, they're like the, 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 the square peg that never fits to the round hole kind of thing. So it's almost their greatest pain can actually be used as their greatest gift or superpower. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Because wow. there's definitely like a, like a light side and a shadow side. To wow. Yeah. Wow. Bro, this is so good. I mean, I I, I kind of want to there there's a there's a what I would call like a million dollar question um, that I I would say it's just kind of diving right in, right? So I would say this. Um, I've been in so much both internal dialogue with myself, but even dialogue with like very close friends and and even you know brothers and sisters from other ethnicities around this topic of um, the multicultural. Uh, uh, setting in the body of Christ. And I would say it's transcended beyond church as well. I think it just even has a societal um, uh, impact as well, sure. right? Sure. Um, but I would say this is that um, the million dollar question for me is this. You hear a lot of discussion about a seat at the table. Mm. It's funny that we're even sitting at a table yeah. right now, right? Yeah. But you hear this discussion about the seat at the table, right? That uh, different people want a seat at the table or others should have a seat at the mm -hmm. table to drive it a little bit more specifically you know i would say in my world there's a lot of discussion right now about um, other ethnicities having a seat at the table when it comes to american church mm -hmm. or mainstream christianity in, in america and i'll just be really bluntly honest i would say for me and i would say many others would agree when people think of mainstream Christianity in America, mm -hmm. you typically just immediately think of the white face. Right. This is not a positive or negative discussion, sure. but it's just what is, right? right. Um, I would say the African-American church, uh, they have a longstanding history in America. Um, but I would say, I would say to a certain degree, I, I would say they have a seat at the table, but that would be a unique discussion as well mm -hmm. too, right? I would say Hispanic American. So just for the sake of conversation's sake, I'm kind of um, categorizing four major people groups. So let's just say the, the white American, the African American, um, the Hispanic American, and now the Asian American, right? I would say the Hispanic American, maybe just by sheer numbers in America, um, they're very much finding a voice. I would say even they don't fully have a voice at the major table as well. But now really just boiling it down to the context that we're coming from sure. is this Asian American voice. And I love what you said. and I, I appreciate you clarifying that we're not just talking about Korean or we're not talking about just one segment, but the entire Asian continent, which is huge. <clears throat> but 
I say all of that to say the million dollar question for me becomes this. If we believe, or do we even believe that different ethnicities deserve a seat at the table? And let's say you agree upon that. You, you believe that there's not only, see, let me just say this. Sometimes people talk about representation for representation's sake, and I don't actually agree with that. I think that it should be based more on a meritocracy, right? I don't, I don't think that people deserve a seat at the table right. because you're just trying to um, satisfy a need for representation. Right. You don't just want to be a, like a token. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But I would say people deserve a seat at the table because they actually have something to say, mm. right? Yeah. Or they have something to bring. So all of that discussion of what I just said to bring it to the million-dollar question what do you think, John, if Asian Americans deserve a seat at the table or we should be given a seat at the table? What is it that you think, why do you think we do and what do you think we actually bring and what do we have to mm, say? That's good. That's, yeah. a, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll kind of just share, um, I guess, from my context, my, my social location, um, Going back to again to Fuller, yeah, um, you know there there was always a African American center mm. and there was a, a Latino center, mm. but there was never an Asian American center. Mm. Interestingly, mm. there was a Korean center, oh, wow. but it was more for international students, but wow. never an Asian American center. Interesting. But there was a lot of Asian Americans wow. at Fuller, and so the question is, why not? Wow. Why wasn't there? Wow. I think part of the problem is that Asian, and we we hear a lot a lot in the media about the model minority yeah right yeah and so in, in essence it's like as long as you um you know don't don't make a fuss and yeah. you, you play by the rules the dominant yeah. rules yeah. then then we're gonna accept you right but but if you're a little bit different then yeah. we don't like that yeah right? um but that that that's it's a myth the yeah. model minority myth right and and so but some asian americans have kind of bought into that mm. so like don't don't be loud like mm. like the, the nail of six out gets hammered in, right? Or the blade yep. of six out gets gets yep. cut. Yep. Um, but I think Asian Americans do have a voice, and wow. we find a lot through social media now yeah. growing. Yeah. Um, so it took a long time, even in a in a seminary setting, for an Asian American center to be to be established. And even mm. after mm. Uh, Professor Daniel Lee um, planted yeah. the, the center, Asian Americans were not joining it. With they, they didn't see a need for it. So even Asian Americans don't know the that need for they it. need for it. Wow. Right? So you have to convince them, wow. which is very, very interesting. Interesting. Right? But going back to, to your question about um, like what do we bring to the table, yeah. um, I think in, in a, I mean, my world is faith and church. In a, sure. in a faith kind of setting, yeah. uh, I don't think uni unity is necessarily uniformity. That's right. right? That's right. And so if you, like we, you know the, the talk of the talk of the town now is multi ethnicity, multicultural churches, right? Which, which I value as well. Yeah. But what often en ends up being is, like, you know, you you're welcome to come, but oftentimes it, it still remains a, a a dominantly white culture. It's it's still quite homogenous. Yeah, it's very homogenous. Yeah. It, it's 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 uniformity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, instead of accentuating and celebrating each other's culture, wow. right? So it's not good enough to just just say, like, come yes. and play by rules. Yeah, you gotta. The dominant culture has to make the extra step of inviting them in, wow. enfolding them, and giving them giving them a seat at the table. Wow, right? And I haven't seen that done very well. Wow, right? And so there's there's definitely still a need for the black church. Yeah, there's definitely still a need for Asian American church. That's right. Yeah, where they can fully express who they are. Yes, right? and not feel like the perpetual visitor, right? Like, uh, you'll you'll be the cousin that visits, but you'll never be family. Wow, right? wow. And so, um, I had to kind of shift my thinking too, because I was thinking it's all about multicultural, multi ethnicity, but oftentimes Asians, Asians or other, even if you're an international student, you yeah. go there and you're like, how come I always felt I'm visiting? I'm just visiting here. I'm wow. never in the in crowd. Wow. Right? Um, and I don't think it's intentional, yeah. but it's, it, it, it's out of ignorance. But it's a very real experience. It's a very real othering experience. Yes. Right? Um, but I, I do believe that the, the Asian Americans have a lot to bring, right? Mm. I, I will just start with just honor culture. Wow. Right? Honor culture. That, that's ingrained in Asian Americans from our parents, right? That's Honoring right. our elders, respect. Right. Um, like 
the hard work, right? The, the immigrant experience of our parents working every day mm. provide for us, mm. right? And so the work ethic, um, even I think in spirituality, we have this a unique expression That's right. of, of how we, how we view, view God. That's right. right? Um, deep prayer culture. Yes. Uh, I mean, for me, being Korean American, I watch my parents like go into morning prayer every That's day. Right. Right? That's right. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of some of the thoughts that are coming to my no, mind. No, 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 no. Dude, this is so good, bro. I, I, I just want to say this. I love the fact that we're talking about this. Mm. Like, I love the fact that we're talking about this. Um, so many thoughts that are racing or like moving through my mind. Obviously, I, 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 even I can tell I'm like, wow, I'm actually really passionate um, mm. about this subject. But yeah, going back to what you said, this even the and I think it's important for us to say it not in a and I and I don't think we have to disclaim it, but not in a vilifying way. But mm. I think there's a very there's a clear distinction between when you're trying to say something to put something down. That's right. But when you're exp- there's a difference between that and there's a difference when you're expressing inauthenticity mm. and just saying, this is what I feel. Yeah. This is what is, you know? And I think that that experience is something that I've actually heard quite across the board, mm. specifically with an Asian American visiting a multicultural context, which if we're just being lovingly honest is still somewhat a homogenous, dominantly white culture, mm. if we're just calling it for yeah, what it is, yeah. right? But that experience has been pretty much consistently from what I've heard, the otherness. Mm. They will come in wanting to kind of experiment and step out of their Asian American or Korean American context of church, and then they'll go. And then literally, I've heard this time and time again, they're like, just something just doesn't feel right. Mm. Or they'll just say, I, I felt like an outsider. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to play the victim card because I think there's there's a great deal of room, I think, for someone in that context to learn how to grow and for the, even the Asian-American to step beyond right. their, their comfort zone. I, and that would just be a loving challenge as well. But I do think going full circle back to our conversation is that Asian-Americans having a seat at the table. I love what you said, John. What is it that we have to say and what is it that we have to bring? And I love the fact that you identified honor culture. It's huge. You know, it's, it's literally ingrained in the way yeah. that we live. And I would say I know that that's something that we bring to the table because that is something that other ethnicities will bring commentary about mm. when they see Asian Americans. Yeah. They will comment on, man, you guys really honor well mm. or you guys really honor the elderly. And I can tell that they are very moved yeah. by that. Um, the prayer thing, right? It's almost, we've almost like talked about this so much, but the, the, the reality is, is that um, Korean American specifically, but, um, but, but there is a, an incredible prayer culture when it comes to Asian yeah. um, expression of spirituality. Is there anything else that you would kind of maybe add to that conversation? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think all those things um, are good. I mean, I'm just even thinking about like like revival culture, mm. right? Um, like the Korean church was birthed out of out of revival. That's right. Right. And that's so right. Um, going back to prayer culture, like that's that's deeply ingrained in Korean Christianity, mm. like revival culture. And and as as we're you know, a lot of people are, are are praying for revival, all those kind of things. And I think the Korean church has to have a seat at the table. Wow. Right? And wow. bringing that bringing back that, that revival inheritance. Wow. That came out of Pyongyang. Wow. Right? Wow. So a lot of times we talk about like um, Azusa Street. That's right. Right? Azusa Street, Welsh Revival. That's right. Um, there was a revival in India. That's all, right. And all, all those revivals happened between um, 1900 and 1910. Yeah. Right? And then Pyongyang happened, I think, 1906 to 1908. That's right. Same, same time. Same God time. God was moving. That's right. right? And so um, there, there's just this deep calling yeah. that, that, that Asian Americans have yeah. that, that's, that's missing. So what you're saying, what you're identifying is we actually bring a revival history yes. to the table. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, even, I've even heard people, you know, I, I, 
man, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm speaking from a Korean, Korean American context. Yeah. My background, like Korea being divided. That's north right. And south. Right? That's right. And what would it look like when that country be, gets united? Wow. Right? What, what kind of release would that bring to the expression of, 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 of faith in, 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 in Korea into the world? Wow. Right? So, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of just speaking out loud. No, this is we, good. We do have a deep revival heritage. Yes. History. Yeah. You know, what I'd like to add to this conversation is I think there are things that we bring in our DNA, in our experience, in our history that we bring to the table. But I would even add something else to that. I think that if actually Asian Americans bring a unique perspective to the table. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So I think that to see the to see the panorama of American history or to see the panorama of American society, but to be able to listen to that perspective from the Asian American perspective, mm. I believe that it alone actually deserves a seat at the table. Mm. And okay. you see what I'm saying? Because yeah. I feel like I, I, there's just a couple things that come to my mind. So number one would be, maybe my case is unique, but I don't think so. But for me, I, I remember as a kid, I was very aware of my Korean Americanness, mm -hmm. even as a as a young kid. But I remember reading the story of uh, African American slavery in America and the legacy of that. Mm -hmm. I remember reading stories of the Trail of Tears with Native Americans being forced out of their homeland and moving to reservations. Mm -hmm. I remember reading this in specific, and I actually remember crying mm -hmm. as I would read this. Mm -hmm. Are you catching what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing was, is it wasn't my quote unquote history, but because I was born here, I adopted it as my mm, story. That's good. Are you catching yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that, I think that we've not only missed out on this perspective, but I think it's a direly needed one. Mm. I think to hear the Asian American perspective on what's going on in society I believe that in of itself yeah. is a gift. Yeah. No, I, lo I love what you shared. And kind of a lot of thoughts came to my mind. Yeah. But um, th there is this, this black and white binary that we live in. That's in, right. In our culture. That's right. There's no like gray. That's right. And oftentimes Asian Americans will be kind of uh, put in in, the, in that binary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we don't fit in that black and white binary. Right. That's right. I mean, we've benefited so much from the African-American experience. Right? That's right. But when it comes to like... Uh, race issues, yeah. right? Um, oftentimes, Asian Americans don't speak up, wow. or, or they get left out of the table. Wow! Because we we're pitted in this black and white binary. Wow! Like there's no place for whether you're brown or you're Asian. That's right. Right. And so they think that we we almost kind of get put in this like whiteness, like like the there, model minority. Right? There's no yellow voice. There's no yellow voice. Wow! And that we don't have our struggles. Wow! Right? But I think that a paradigm shift that happened to me was it's not just like blatant aggression racism yeah, that, yeah. that that affects you yeah but even microaggression yes right those yes. questions like where are you from yes like, where are you really from right um are you are you from north korea or the south korea <laughs> I, I got asked that question so many times right i'm like bro yeah. <laughs> are you serious yeah um but that's all microaggression it's it like a thousand cuts yeah and and and, and then, then you wonder why do i feel like well, how i feel right right why do i feel the otherness the otherness yeah exactly and so I love, I love what you shared. Like, I think yeah. there is a fresh perspective that yeah. the Asian Americans bring that is not, uh, that, that we don't have a seat at the table. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I would even include the brown perspective. Mm -hmm. I think we need to hear more of even the Hispanic perspective mm -hmm. on the panorama of American yeah. history society. You know, it's interesting. Like, my, my, we're just totally shooting the breeze at this point, right, which is right. what INFPs do. Yeah. We take rabbit holes <laughs> And we go down. <laughs> but, um, but I will say this. This was something that was swirling too. Was I remember, um, again, just a lot of memories coming back. I remember as a kid actually really being impacted by Martin Luther King. Again, he, and, I, and I do think it's because he's just so transcendent. What he stood for was beyond a certain color. So it was just transcendent truth, right? But I remember as a kid being deeply impacted by Martin Luther King, like very interested in who he was yeah. 
I remember even at the age of uh, when I was in fifth, sixth grade, I would go to the library and I'd find a biography about him. I just wanted to read, right? And I say that because that led me on this journey to also read about even like Malcolm X and learn even more about the African-American experience. And I realize now in hindsight, what was it that actually compelled me to do so? It was actually, I was identifying with the minority experience. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. As an Asian American, whether it was conscious or subconscious, I was identifying with that minority experience and it was striking a chord within me. I'll take it a little bit further. I remember um, even thinking this, th and th this thought was more recent, maybe four or five years ago. Um, I remember thinking this. I remember thinking, you know, again, I, I hope you guys hear my heart, but today when there is an aggression, a racial aggression against African-Americans, right? And I'm not trying to say that that's over, but my point of saying is that there is a voice that can rise up. So when that aggression happens or when that injustice happens, you have your NAACPs that rise up to the occasion and say, no, like we're a force to be reckoned with. But I thought about that for the Asian American and, it, and I realized we don't have that. Yeah. When it, cause, cause the mistreatment and the injustice, and that's not the rabbit hole I'm trying to go down, but the, the mistreatment and the injustice with Asian Americans, it's more commonplace than people realize. I don't even know if you've seen this um, documentary called Abacus that was on Netflix. Yeah, it was basically about a Chinese American owned bank in Chinatown in New York mm. to make a very long story short was made an example of during the financial crisis and was scrutinized for certain practices that were not illegal, but that every major bank was doing. Wow. And they were made an example of. Wow. It was a blatant display of discrimination. Wow. And then I, as I was watching that, <coughs> I was so deeply saddened because I was like, where is the Asian American yeah. NAACP? Yeah. So mm. with that, I, I'll just say one more thing and, and would love to hear more from you, John. But um, the funny thing about Martin Luther King that I discovered, I discovered this crazy fact probably five, six years ago. So in Riverside, California, there is a civil rights um, memorial to three global civil rights figures that has changed the face of civil rights mm -hmm. for humanity. Those three people is Dr. Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, and a Korean man named An Chang-ho. Wow. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that's a whole nother podcast for another day because I, I, I've studied that yeah. guy's life pretty voraciously. But the crazy bomb that dropped on me was this. An Chang-ho is considered one of the major impetuses behind the liberation movement in Korea during Japanese occupation. Wow. So he's actually considered one of the masterminds behind the Samir Undong, the, the March 1st movement and eventually what would lead to independence. Mm. He was a direct influence, and Gandhi actually quotes An Chang-ho. Wow. Gandhi says that the March 1st movement, and An Chang-ho in specific, was a major influence in his life. And who did Mahatma Gandhi directly influence? Martin Luther okay. King. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> mind blown, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so if, yeah. so I, I, I bring that full, full circle to say, like, when we discover who we are as Asian Americans, I think we actually recognize not only do we have a seat at the table, not only do we have something to say, but actually our experience in the global picture is deeper than we realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I, I, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, I, I, I had no idea about that. So <laughs> it's crazy. Le learn something new. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I deeply resonate with everything that you shared. I think um, because we feel like we don't have much kind of representation about yeah. the immigrant experience, uh, we, we, I think we tend to deeply be moved and resonate with the, the civil rights movement, That's MLK, right. the African-American experience. That's right. Um, but it's cool to hear that there are actually uh, narratives or stories yeah. of Asian-American struggle yeah. that maybe are not being told, mm. uh, whether it's the Japanese-American um, uh, encampments. That's right? right. I got to visit. Uh, I think it's Mansanyada. I think that's the name of the the, the camp. And wow. and and doing the pilgrimage and hearing 
you know, the stories from second and third and fourth generation Japanese um, children. Wow. Wow. You know, it, it really moved me. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, I deeply resonate with them. And now they are uh, one of the, the that Japanese American community are one of the biggest kind of supporters and uh, calling out the injustice against Muslims mm. because they feel that they, they, they can connect with, with their um, otherness and marginalization wow. right now. Wow. That what's happening in, in our society right now. And so wow. I think that's so cool. That is cool. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a marginalized people uh, having compassion for another marginalized people. That's right. People group. That's right. Right. And so, and those stories need to be told, yes. I believe. And I think that will, um, make, better uh, the the conversation around race and, and justice, all those kind of things. Yeah. No, this is so good. I, I, maybe I want to, maybe we can pivot a little bit uh, in the conversation. I mean, again, I think the topic of discussion that, that we're talking about right now is so dense that you could actually, there's so many nuances that you could actually unpack and unfold, sure. right? But maybe pivoting a little bit, John, my question to you would be, what do you feel in light of everything that we're talking about? What do you feel um, are ways that Asian Americans, I'm, I'm trying to formulate my question as best I can, but what do you feel like are ways that Asian Americans can find their seat at the table? Mm. Um, so basically pivoting more from yeah. diagnosis to now, um, what do you feel like are the solutions, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah, I know that's a good question. Or the um, way forward. The way forward. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, okay, so a thing that I share with you is, so I went to Fresno, and Fresno is um, it's a unique place. I'm still learning. I've only been there for a lo little over a year, but where I'm in North Fresno is predominantly uh, affluent, wow. suburban, um, fairly uh, like majority white yeah um and as i've been going to um a lot of these gatherings and meeting with leaders and whatnot um i i, I tended to be the only asian mm. person there mm. right mm. and um they everybody was nice and you know they they enjoyed having me there yeah but uh, it was very awkward wow very very awkward wow. right they you know i would be singled out as uh, oh the korean pastors here wow or you know they as if the only thing that I, I that you brought that I brought was was my, my my ethnicity. Wow! But you know, there's so many other parts of me, right? That's right. But because they had they hadn't had experienced an Asian uh, person in those meetings, right? They really didn't know what to do with me, right? Wow. Um, wow. But it wasn't out of this malicious intent. Yeah. It was out of just ignorance. This is so good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so out of multiple experiences, I just didn't want to go. Mm. I, I just stopped going to those meetings, mm. right? Mm. Uh, even though they wanted me to come. Yeah. Um, but it was hard for me to articulate why I didn't want to go. Um, and uh, so, but I also didn't want to just do nothing yeah. right so one of the things that i was i talked with a buddy of mine who's another pastor is that why don't we try to gather some of our friends who are asian american pastors in the region wow and just have some type of like meet and greet mm. eat food wow like, eat like asian food wow you know? we, we order chinese food japanese yeah. food um and then gather on the table yeah and just share our experiences wow and the first thing that we had with no agenda wow every single person was like wow we, we, we've been waiting for something like this wow we've been waiting to have a space where we could just i could just be me no kidding you know uh, wow. eat the food that i'm used to eating wow and share about a lot of these pastors are are pastoring white churches so mm. youth groups and young adults I have a, a, a brother that's Hmong. I have a Chinese brother that's at a Lutheran church. These are like predominantly white churches, right? So even in their own church, they're pastoring, they, they don't fully feel like themselves. And so this space became a place where they, they, they felt at home. Wow. Right? And so we've been meeting monthly wow. ever since. Wow. Um, and I think, it, I think part of it has to start with Asian Americans um, feeling the need to have their own identity. Mm. that they actually do have something to offer that's oftentimes good. they don't even know that right that's, so that's what happened at fuller it's like we, we we started this asian american center but we have to convince asian americans that it was they, they should join right because they didn't want to join they're wow. like why, why why should i do that wow and so i think 
for the voice to be heard and to be respected and to have a table, oftentimes it's not the dominant culture saying we need your voice. It has to be from the bottom up, right? It wasn't like white white society was like African Americans, we need your voice. No, That's right. there was a there was a movement that came out came out of civil rights, right? Interesting. And so if Asian Americans don't recognize what they have, what they offer, wow. it won't happen. I love this. Wow. So really giving feedback, John, what you're saying is one of the ways forward is we have to recognize who we are and what we have. That's right. Like it even starts there. You know, I think this is so interesting. I'll just give quick, quick commentary as well is um, I totally resonate everything you're saying. I think it's I think it I think it is the way forward, because if we don't know this is these are the three L's that I talk about. Right. If you don't know your land. If you don't know your legacy, meaning your history, and if you don't know your language, then you really don't know who you are. You're, you, don't, you don't know the, the part of you or the, the, the substance of who yeah. you are, yeah. culturally speaking, yeah. right? So that's something that I feel is, is very practical, right? Is we have to get in touch with our land because we come from a place. Right. We, have to come, we have to get in contact with our language because language contains the culture. Mm -hmm. And we have to discover our legacy, our history, right? And I think that just echoing a lot of sentiments that you were sharing, I think if we are going to find a seat at the table, we have to discover our own seat. Yeah, that's right. We have to discover our seat that's actually going to bring us to the table. You know what I'm saying? And I think um, I love what you're saying because it begins with just more practical down to earth. It begins with Asian Americans in your context, in my context, it would be pastors in the church world, it begins with us coming together and actually having powerful dialogue yeah. around what it is that we carry. I'll just say this. I think this is interesting. I saw something on Instagram. There's, there's a lot that I see on Instagram and sure. a lot of it just doesn't phase me, but there's one thing that I saw that I was like, Ooh, there's some sauce on that. Like, <laughs> like that moved me. And, and it was my, my, my friend, Jason Ma, um, who is, you know, had history in the church world, entrepreneur, that type. But he was basically talking about Asian American music. Mm. And what he said, what that I thought was so profound was he said, and I'm kind of butchering, you know, the recap, but he says, he said, we realized that major American labels were never going to give Asian artists a chance. Wow. He says they haven't done it for 50 years. Wow. They will never do it for another 50 years. Mm. And this is what he said. And I think that there's a profundity to what he said. He said, we realized we had to create that platform. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, like a spite you, screw you type of mentality. But I think that there's, there's, there's a space there that is absolutely right. I love that. It, it's like, if there's not a seat in the tip, I'm going to bring my own seat. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and when he said that, I was like, that is powerful. And I, and I think that you can do it in a way that is, not spiteful, yeah. but again, going full circle to what I said at the beginning, you don't necessarily have to be putting someone down to raise up your own voice. Yeah. It, it's possible yeah. to do that. And I would say that would be my commentary is I think we as Asian Americans, we, we have to do that. Mm -hmm. So what he did with 88 Rising, that's the name of the music platform that pretty much gave Asian Americans a voice globally, but specifically even to American pop culture, um, where it's become a household name now, right? I would say that's what we have to do and not do it for the sake of like, hey, look at us, but coming from that deep-seated place of like, it's our time. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it, it's coming out of a, a victim mentality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's empowering, mm. right? Um, and, and the other thing I wanted to say was... At least for me, I had to come with reconciliation with my identity. Yeah, right. That's good. Um, there was a lot of shaming. Wow. Right? Growing up uh, as a minority. Yeah. Um, and and there were many times where I didn't want to bring food to school. Wow. I didn't want to say I was Korean. Wow. Korean American or I wow. spoke Korean. And so I had to really reconcile with those things mm. and be proud of who wow. I am. Have wow. some have have healing wow. of that shame. Wow, and I I feel like a lot of Asian Americans are still ashamed of their wow. identity. Wow, right? and so I would they'd, agree. they'd rather be invisible. They'd rather blend in. 
like don't call me out kind of thing right mm. and i think until we reconcile with who we are and and and, and that who I am is a gift. Yeah. Right. If I, if I don't think I'm a gift, I'm not gonna come forward. Wow. Right. And so for if 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 a people group for so long have been for whatever reason been marginalized, yeah. right, and they feel there's a shame component to yeah. that, yeah. they will continue to be uh, invisible. Wow. Right. Might wow. Not. And so I think pastors have a role to play with that. That's right. Especially with young people like youth. Mm-hmm. When I look at my youth kids growing up in Fresno, yeah, which were. You know, there's not much about Asian American community. Yeah. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, their the culture is white. Yeah, you right? can you can see them wanting to blend in. Totally. Yeah. And when I talk about you know, Korean culture or Korean Christianity, wow, right? They have no idea. Wow. Or they don't care. Wow. Right. Wow. And so that's a tough place to start. But yeah. I think pastors have have a unique position to speak into their lives. Yeah, through 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 their example, and 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 yeah. also reconciliation with the parents. Wow, right? there's wow. such a disconnect between the first and second generation. Yes, but when that reconciliation happens, that's right. And they realize, wow, like what, what my parents have, even if it was broken or there was pain involved. Wow, they actually like what they did was amazing. This is so funny. Yeah, yeah what they did yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Coming from nothing to yeah. what they have and yeah. providing me an education. Yeah, and I think when that reconciliation happens. There will be a movement of Asian Americans saying, "Wow, like I have, I have a gift to offer to our society." Dude, l- let me just hop on this. I what I want is what I think is when I've seen it for myself firsthand. But when we become reconciled with our identity and we are confident in our cultural identity mm-hmm. and we know how to almost share that sound. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen the power of what it does. Mm. And 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 I and I feel like people resonate with someone comfortable in their skin and confident yeah. in the way that they're made, right. right? So what what am I saying is, you know, I don't have to show up to an event wearing a Korean humble, you That's know what I mean, yeah. to be like, "Hey, look at me. I've yeah. embraced my Koreanness." But I can know myself and know my culture and be proud of it and put it on display. Like I remember the whole thing about An Chang Ho and the and you know uh, Gandhi and MLK. Mm-hmm. I remember I shared that with a group of my African American friends and they were like mind blown. Mm-hmm. They were like, bro, this yeah. is crazy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I would say I totally agree with what you're saying, John. Um, I think I think pastors do have a unique role in this. The other thing that I thought with that was I believe that artists mm-hmm. also have a major yeah. role to play too. Totally. Right? Totally. I can't help but to think about, are you familiar with the dance group, the Kinjas? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they're from LA. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, shout outs to Kinjas. I love you guys. My wife does, especially my first son, Arrow, watches the Kinjas <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, but real quick, I mean, with the Kinjas, the reason why I bring that up is because from a c- cultural phenomenon, I think that what they're doing is more impactful than they may even realize. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because, at least from my perspective, they were the first dance group that not only you could tell they embraced their Asian-ness, but that became their gift to mm. the arena of artistry. That's good. You see what Love I'm saying? That. Yeah. Like even the choice of music, yeah. the choice of, of, of clothing, the... Mm the um, even dance styles. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, the, or the funny and the beautiful thing was they weren't trying to be overtly Asian, but they were, they knew who they were. Yeah. And it was tasteful. It was very yeah. tasteful. Yeah. And I think that that sound took the dance world and the artistry mm-hmm. world by storm, yeah. right? Where people yeah. were like, yo, like, I remember like I was watching them on ABDC and World of Dance and I was like, yo, it's fire being yeah. Asian right yeah, now. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, cool. I love being Asian, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I really think that they gave that power to, I think, a lot of Asian people mm. to actually put that on display to say, like, hey, it's cool. Mm. One last thing, obviously, because it's so fresh, Parasite. Yeah. yeah. The first time in 50 years that, an, that a, a film wins four Oscars, let alone a Korean film. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. What, do, what do you think when you think of Parasite and the, and the phenomenon of that? I mean, it, it, it's pretty mind blowing. I mean, I haven't like deeply like kind of delved and thought into it. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it made me really proud. Yes. I, I was I was in Cape Town with 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 my girlfriend. <laughs> I was at a restaurant called Hamjibak eating yeah. like Korean short ribs, and, yeah. and 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 everybody's watching, you know. And and because the volume wasn't on there, like people were on the phones trying to listen to like what wow. what, what they're saying, right? Wow. And uh, I think just seeing visually, kind of seeing the representation, yes. Yes. it like did something in me. It like wow. kind of like it it it, it marked it touched me. Wow. Right? In a way that. It's hard to explain, wow. right? But uh, I think for for not only Asian Americans, for a lot of like I, I was reading some commentaries on on YouTube, and they would be like, you know, a black brother saying, "I'm not Asian, but like that makes me proud," you know, because we're we're, we're seeing like diversity is good for everybody. Yes, you know, just like we piggyback on the African American experience, That's you know, right. for if you're a brown brother or, or Latino or, or, or black, right? Seeing an Asian face there when most most of the categories are won by white white male or white women that's right. actors, right? For that's them, right. it's a win for them too. Wow. And I love that unity yeah. that's created by that. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I think what impacted me about the parasite thing, you know, obviously there's a slight Korean pride that was sure. like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like like being Korean. Um but I think the thing that really marked me was the fact that the artistry spoke for itself. Mm. And you could see it, right? Mm. You could see the other actors, the other directors, the other screenwriters. You could actually see mm. in their eyes and in what they said. You knew they were like, yo, Parasite yeah. was dope. Yeah. Like Parasite stands on right. its own. It, it was a standing ovation. It was. Yeah. Like there was a, a celebration around mm -hmm. it because you couldn't deny the artistry. Mm. And that's maybe this another thing that I would like to say, I think, in the way forward, right? Mm. I just want to say this. Be so damn good yeah. at whatever you do. Yeah. Be so awesome. Be so excellent. Be so um, beautiful mm. in what you do that it speaks for itself. Yeah. That would be my, my little thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, any, any kind of final thoughts, John, on, on this conversation? Um, I, I didn't, I didn't know where we're going to go, but <laughs> we took a lot of twists and turns, but yeah. this is really enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoy this. And, um, I think it like made me really think, Wow. you know, and, and really share about not only from my own experience, but just piggybacking with, with you and what you shared. Yeah. But, you know, just, just having a seat at the table, Asian American identity, you know the other nest culture and i think how we kind of came around with like you know like be excellent yeah be excellent and yeah. have like when you have something to offer yeah that, that crosses lines and boundaries yeah right yeah um and so yeah this is very um yeah very impactful and formative wow. for me so thank wow. you for having me here bro this was <laughs> this was totally an honor um guys thank you for tuning in obviously this episode was was unique um in the sense that i think we really delved into culture maybe more so than the other ones but yeah again um appreciate you guys tuning in if anything that we said resonated or really spoke to you or you're like man i really agree with that uh, i'd love to actually hear your feedback you can hit me up on social media uh, at nabi.design or you can also comment uh, i believe directly um even on the podcast itself. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. John, appreciate the time, brother. Likewise. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.